it's a competition clinching shot. The LET Golf Podcast, the official podcast of the Ladies European Tour. Trish Johnson, thanks for joining us today. It's my pleasure. 19 wins on the LET and now a USGA major winner. <laughs> Victory at the US Women's Senior Open. I mean, how does that sound now? Yeah, it's a bit, it still feels a little bit surreal, to be honest. Um, you know, I mean, it, talk about major champions, obviously, you know, that that's not really in my thinking. But, but mm. to win a USGA event is... Um, yeah, every time you go out there, they talk about USGA events, whether it's amateur championships or anything. It's such a huge thing, and obviously, I've never really come close to winning. Came close to winning a US uh, amateur, well, close. I think I lost in the semi-finals or quarter-finals, but it was just something I wanted to do, and I finished second and uh, and third. Yeah. And you sort of feel like you're, you know, I'm getting older. The, you know, the fifty-year-olds are coming in, if you like, and think, oh, have you sort of missed your time? But this year, I've been playing really well. Uh, not playing a lot, but practicing hard, playing well, and just I, I just had a thought that you know just take that onto the golf course, and I suddenly started putting well. I had a bit of a tip from Flick Johnson uh, a couple months back, a lesson she had, and she just mentioned mentioned something that someone told her about putting stroke, and I, I just sort of you know resonated with me, and I just thought, oh, that could really work for me because it sounds like I've got the same sort of issue. And ever since then, my putting stroke has improved beyond belief, sort of if you look at it on video. And I, I'm a big believer in, you know, you get better because you know your technique's getting better. Um, and if I'm looking for stuff and I know it's good, that will give me enormous confidence. And, yeah, I've been putting better, putted well at the senior LPGA until the crunch game and then not so good. Uh, but this time uh, on very tricky greens as well. They were extraordinary, probably the most undulating greens I've ever played I should should imagine I mean there were hardly any pin positions on some of these greens they were extraordinary um and I probably in four days I maybe had one three putt and hold a lot of clutch putts so uh yeah it was a lot of I'd say well I'd like to say it was a lot of fun George it wasn't really it was incredibly <laughs> nerve-wracking um but when the final putt went in oh just so much relief and I gotta be honest I haven't stopped grinning since it's like one of those things I've never experienced it before with yeah. the wind that just this one just feels very very sweet I can imagine yeah and I know your post uh, winner's speech was great and you said how knackered you are I mean is that still the case now I know you've just touched back uh, in the UK haven't you yeah uh, yeah it was a long flight back obviously there were delays because of what's going on at Heathrow and and stuff but I saw some friends uh, stayed at Laura's uh, the night I got back which was great and had a nice little bit of champers and dinner and then went to friend's house, uh, had lunch with a friend actually uh, yesterday, and then went to my best mate's house for for dinner and some celebrations and stuff. And I've literally just got home about two hours ago. And I thought, cross, I've got to be back in Boston on Tuesday. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. But no, it's not. And, uh, and amazingly, so I went down the golf club on the way back. I thought I'd go down to P&K because that's my club. And I went in the pro shop. So all the, all the boys were in the pro shop. All the, everybody sort of knew it was brilliant, all sort of congrats. And the amazing thing is, so Parl and Kenfig have just won the women's team championship, Welsh team championships. The men have won the team championships and then won every team championship around. So they've won all 10 this year, wow. which has never been done before. And then I, I walked in and, they, you know, that win, and we were all sort of, yeah, we were just, everybody was sort of organising a, a, a sort of, I don't know, one of those days at the golf club where everybody's going to turn up and it's going to be epic, I think. Yeah, uh, everyone's on cloud nine yeah, by the yeah. sounds of it. Yeah, it's just, just been a brilliant year. And and also, um, one of the lads, uh, the scratch handicappers at the golf club, he caddied for Alex Checker. When okay, he won, yeah, when he won the uh, men's senior. Won the men's senior. So, it's yeah, it's been a brilliant Oof. year for P&K. Do some scratch cards or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Amazing. And just uh, finally on that then, I mean... I loved how the final day was sort of billed as the Battle of the Brits. Uh, you going up against, obviously, a close friend, fellow L.E.T. legend in Katrina Matthew and Beanie. Just tell us about that battle on the final day. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a bit weird because obviously Annika was in front of us, a couple of groups in front. So that's where all the crowd, I mean, there weren't huge crowds, which is a little bit disappointing. Not not massive crowds, but uh, it was a hilly golf course. I'm not, mm. I'm not wholly surprised. Um, so most of the crowds were with Annika because one, probably they expected her to win and two, She's Annika, so, Annika, you know, yeah. fair enough. Um, so me and Beanie, were, it was quite nice. It was like a little stroll for the first, you know, whatever holes. It's like you're playing in your own uh, sort of uh, medal back at the club. Um, look, you know, the thing is with Beanie, she's such a good player. I haven't actually played with her that much. 
if I'm honest, very, very rarely. We played in a team event together with Alison Lee in one of the Aramco events in New York a couple of years ago. And outside of that, I honestly can't even remember being paired with her ever when we chatted about that. Um, so it was, I know how good she is, obviously, but uh, I, th I was just trying to, I just thought, well, if I can play as well as I did on Saturday, then the chances are I'll win because I played great. I'm already leading. And you just think, well, if you can replicate that, and that's easier said than done, obviously, on the last day when you're, you know, a little, little bit nervous. And and I, I started really well, um, hit three lovely iron shots into the first three holes all over the flag. And then I hit a poor tee shot on four. And I did incredibly well to make a bogey. I got up and down from, I don't know, about 20 yards for bogey, which was huge. Beanie was playing well. She actually... Yeah, she was she was playing really well. She had a lovely tee shot into nine right behind the flag. And that was a little bit of a turning point because I hit a pretty naff shot, to be perfectly honest. It was pin high, but it was pretty awful. And I hold the putt and she missed. So she looked like she was going to have a two-shot swing and actually it was two shots the other way. But then she made birdie at the next. It was it was nip and tuck, nip and tuck. Um, 14 was big. She hit a lovely tee shot. I hit a good tee shot, but got a horrid bounce. So I had about 40 foot down the hill and I thought it was really quick. And it was quick, but not that quick. And I left it about 10 foot short. She, so we've, she's got about 10 foot of a birdie. Ten, I had a 10 foot of a par. She missed, I made. And then I hit two really good shots the next two holes. Iron shots, made made two birdies and had a two shot lead. Nothing was ever going to be easy. Made bogey at 17. So now it's nervy again, coming down 18. Letta Lindley's just finished as well uh, at three under, which I didn't actually know, but Beanie was on three under. So it didn't, you know, make that much difference. So I just knew... If she didn't birdie, I needed to make par, and thank God I somehow did make par. And then, yeah, it was a bit madhouse after that. Alfie and well, I think it was Niels Mark and Patricia Mounier had some champers, and yeah, it ended up all over me, which normally I'm not a great fan of, but to be perfectly honest, in this particular respect, it felt pretty good. The, po the problem is, I feel like with uh, with Celine Boutier's win in, in uh, France, that's set the bar now for champagne celebrations. <laughs> well, then, it seems like everyone's everyone's doing it to another well, level. Well, I've got to be honest. I, yeah, I, I mean, the water thing, I just think is ridiculous because you don't celebrate with water. Don't, don't throw water. Don't embarrass people by throwing water. But, champ <laughs> but that champagne over, over Boutier, I've never seen anything like that. It was like, that it was... was frothed up champagne. It was incredible. That was the best thing I've ever seen, I think, as a celebration. Um but yeah, no, that was it was quite a nice feeling. And then the sort of celebrations afterwards were really great. They, they, I have to say the USGA, they are something else when it comes to, you know, I had a flight um, that I I couldn't make because they told me I got had to do all these things. And I was sort of, and they just sorted the flight. They sorted everything. They were utterly amazing. So fair play to them. They, they run an incredible championship. It was top notch, top to bottom. That'd be good to go back next year then as the defending champ. I mean, I know yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be one, fun. But... And we got a touch on the fact that it's actually your second win of the season, Trish. Obviously, a winner technically again on the LET at the Aramco event in uh, out in Florida. We're counting it. We're counting it. Just like I'm counting this as a major. <laughs> but yeah, just tell us about that week as well. I mean, that looked like you had a great team. Obviously, these Aramco events are always fun, aren't they? So yeah, I was very lucky that week. I uh, had um, Rousson and uh serious yeah uh and um yeah Ruth, what's what a character she is yeah pauline she she played great yeah she played oh and and i have to say our amateur i'll be very honest because i don't think michael will mind me saying this so this guy turns up we we're just about to tee off and the amateurs not turned up and looking at each other and you know and your amateur is a massive part of the aramco thing because mm. if you don't get a good one you've got no chance let's be honest and this fella turns up and he's all, you know, he's a real American. He's, oh, you know, and we're thinking, oh, God, this is going to be. <laughs> and oh, and he was brilliant. He was brilliant the whole time. He, he really, you know, he knew when he came in. He was, a, he was a good player. Played off, I think he played off, I'm not quite sure if it was about eight or nine, something yeah, like that. But it was good. Single he figures, was good. wasn't it? And, you know, he knew when to not mess about and stuff and when to get out of the way. He was absolutely brilliant. Funny enough, I saw him again at Centurion because he played there because he lives in London. And he was a massive part of that team, which was, and he was great. He was really good fun. Um, Nuria played amazingly well for those first two days. She was leading, I think, going into the singles. Um, and Pauline was great. So, and I, if I'm honest, I didn't play very well. I played well the second day and I was, I was going quite good. I think it was level par or whatever. And we had to finish, we finished on 15, 16, 17, 18 to play. So we finished with four holes to play because it was dark because there was a rain. And we had, we'd played great. And I had played pretty decent and sort of, you know, become involved, made a few birdies and whatever that counted. And 
if we'd have carried on and finished that day, we'd have comfortably won because we were just cruising. And it was the fact that we had to then come back the next day and finish four holes. I think I went, if I'm honest, I think I went 10, 5, 6, 6. I think that was my finish. So even though we won, it was a real anti-climax for me personally, because I played all. Because you're still think thinking about the individual, aren't you, to an extent? Yeah, or at least your I, I want to make the cut. You know, yeah, I don't want yeah, to go yeah. to an LET event and just, I, I want to make, and I would have made the cut quite comfortably the day before. Um, and it was just awful. And I felt it's very hard to celebrate something regardless of when you feel pretty crappy. So even though we were a team event, if it had finished the day before, it would have been amazing. And I think maybe as well for Nuria going back out there as leading, she might have had a night to calm down and just, you know, whereas, I, you know, she had a bit of a shock. At, although I'm really chuffed to see that she won a few Well, weeks I was just about to say that. I think her winning in yeah. the say almost made up for it to an extent and a home win that, that was amazing I thought um, yeah she's, really she's deserved sweet. it she's been playing well this year so yeah she has and, I, and you know when you watch her play I mean she's one that I have no doubt just a little bit of sort of cleaning up around the line she'll be your Solheim Cup hopefully next year yeah because she's so talented um she's amazing and, and she's such a nice kid as well she's brilliant all right, good stuff. Now then, Trish, we do like to to go back on this podcast, and you obviously are a legend on our tour, the LET. So for those sort of not familiar, I mean, how did your golf journey begin? Well, my dad, my dad really. Well, I had three older brothers. Um, my dad played, and we lived uh, in a place called Westwood Ho, um, really close to a golf course called Royal North Devon, which for anybody that knows anything about golf, is a very very famous old golf course, uh, one of the oldest around. Um, so I started playing. My younger brother, well, we're all three years different. So David's the eldest, Bryce three years um, younger than David, then Alex three years younger than, and me three years younger than Al. And me and Al used to play everything together, really. We used badminton, tennis, football, you name it. And Alex started playing golf. So I started playing golf, which really annoyed him intensely because I don't think he wanted his younger sister hanging around with him. But, and, but my middle brother, Brian, was a professional for a while. So he was an assistant pro um, when he... Temporary, I think at 18, he was a good player. Um, so I just started playing and, and then probably from the age of, I think at 13, I played off seven and round about that age, I just always knew I was going to be a professional or thought, whether you know or not, always thought I'm going to be a professional golfer. I played my first English girls at 11 years of age, I think. I remember my dad taking me to Chelmsford to play in this and uh, just got, you know, I had the bug. I My very first year, I remember, uh, the final of that was between uh, Steph Jolly and Sue Bamford. And Sue Bamford is actually, um, she's a referee. She's referees on the LET now, every now and again. Um, and I, and first time I'd seen her for donkey's years. And I, and I remember, uh, I said to my dad, they, they got to the final. And I said, Dad, I, she hasn't got a caddy. Go and ask her if I can caddy for her. And she, he said, you go and ask her. Oh, God. So I've gone up there and I said, do you, do you need a caddy tomorrow, Sue? And she said, yeah, yeah, love one. So I caddied for Sue Bamford in this final of this English girls. I guess she was probably 18 or whatever. And she won on the 23rd hole. So my first sort of experience of just, you know, the biggest championship I've ever been to, I obviously got knocked out in the first round, but was caddying for the winner. And so I just, you know, this, I think that probably really whetted my appetite. Um, and then, yeah, I just started playing amateur tournaments. Um well, cut a long story short, I turned pro at uh, after the Curtis Cup in the States, um, which was probably one of the highlights of my career, to be honest, because it was first time uh, GB&I team had ever won in America. And it was a brilliant team. It was just a, a, it was great fun. Um, so turned pro in 87, I think it was. 87, I've got in my notes, Trish, yeah. Yeah, 1987. And I was very lucky. I, I won three times in my first year. That kind of, you know, I think that is really important to get wins behind you early because it, you're always going to have setbacks. And if you've got that, if you've got those wins in the bank, you have confidence that you can come back from that. So that was huge for me because I had plenty of, plenty of setbacks. Uh, I went straight to the start. I won Q school to go to America. It was very different. You, it was in Sweetwater, Houston then. So I've won that. So I'm expecting to go onto the LPGA now and just, you know, take it by storm because all my mates are on it. Laura's on it. Uh, Karen Lund's on it. Marty's on it. And all these people. And it didn't quite work out like that, to say the least. Um, my first tournament was good. Uh, I played in the last group uh, with Nancy Lopez and Betsy King in the third round. And I thought, well, yeah, I thought this is exactly what, what I'm expecting yeah. and this is going to be great. And I shot 74, not great, but okay. And then the last round... 
I shot 87 and I finished last. And I was playing with Amy Olcott and Hollis Stacey. I'll never forget this. And I was walking down the 18th and I was in, so embarrassed. I was almost crying because I was just so embarrassed at how I was playing. It was blowing a gale. It was a tough day, but that's irrelevant. And um, Hollis Stacey, she just put her arm around me and she just said, just remember this. She said, because in the future, don't worry about today, but that will stand you in good stead for the rest of rest of your career. Don't worry about it. And I was just, oh, OK. Because Hollis had won, you know, I don't know how many tournaments. So it was a it was a real humbler, and uh, and you know and I missed I think I missed ten cuts on the trot that year but I always always kept my card um, had one really good year in the states I mean I didn't you know three wins in fourteen years is pretty pretty dire in all honesty but and I regret not spending more time over there because I used to literally go and play fifteen tournaments which you had to as an international member make enough money to keep my card and then come back and play the whole summer in Europe. So I kind of wish I'd done one or the other to a certain extent. Well, no, I don't wish I'd stayed in Europe. I wish I'd played, probably given myself more chance, because I think I could have won maybe 10, 15 out there if I'd played there full time. But So what, why do you think you, you kept coming back then to, to Oh, Europe? it was very different. I mean, you've got to remember there was no, well, there was pretty much no internet. I think the internet only just started when we were first out there. And it was like, you, if you stayed in a house or a hotel, there was only one person could use it. Yeah. You couldn't all use it at the same time. Um, so we had no TV, so no no sport, none of our, you know, now it's bliss. You know, you go anywhere, you've got, you've got some sort of, you know, Sky Sports or whatever. You can watch every football match. You can watch everything you want to watch. And you feel like you're home from home, whatever hotel you're in. But back then it wasn't like that at all. More of a um, home thing then, yeah. Rather very than the, so. Yeah, it was, I never golf. went. Oh, yeah, no, I love the golf. I love the golf. That wasn't uh, That wasn't an issue. But I never spent a week away over there. I always came home and like I say, probably in retrospect, but you know, there's a reason for everything. And I don't, you know, maybe I wouldn't have won as many tournaments in Europe. I don't know. So it was, yeah, it was, it was a real education, but I loved it. I just, I, lo I love competing. I just love, you know, playing in tournaments. And there was one year, 1993, I think it was. Was it 93? Yeah. Well, so it took me six years to win my first tournament over there. And I won in Vegas of all places, which was quite entertaining. And then I won the next week as well. So I won back to back. And then the third week was the Sprint Championship. And it was the first million dollar tournament ever. So I was I should have played in that to win my third event on the bounce and the biggest tournament. Ever. I came back and played at Woburn for 90 grand. The Ford Classic. 90,000 total purse against a million. And I came back and gave up the chance of winning three on the bounce. So that was that was what I was like, whether that's stupid or whether it's, you know, I don't know. I look back now and think, what were you doing? Why would you do that? But I, my, all my family were coming to, to Woven, to the four classes, you know, it was a home event, you know, we didn't have, well, we did have quite a few in England, I suppose, but you just always felt as an English person, you should play in the English event. Laura played as well. It's just, ah. One of those things, I guess. No, I like that. I mean, I feel that it's, that's sometimes lost, isn't it, in the modern game? You know, players not coming back to play their their home opens and whatnot. So, yeah, it's quite ad admirable at the same time. But I mean, nineteen wins on the LET, absolutely extraordinary. I mean, just pick out some of some of your highlights for us, Trish. I know there there's multiple. I suppose uh, LET ones, the most memorable would have been uh, the Welsh Open at Porthcawl because um, all my family lived here, all my friends. I grew up, you know, from sixteen to before I turned pro 21 so for six years I sort of lived here and I was a member at both golf courses Pal and Kenfig was my home club but I was a member at Royal Porth Call as well and so to yeah to play there uh, and win in front of all your mates and and family was in I don't think my and I'm not sure my mum and dad had ever seen me win before oh no they might no they might have they might have but but not for a long time so that was, yeah, that was incredibly special. It doesn't get a lot better than winning in your, literally you're on your own golf course with all your, your family and friends there. Um, and that was, I'll never forget this. It's very funny. I don't think, I don't think Laura will remember this, but so we, we're at the, we're at the prize giving and there's myself, Laura, and I think it was Kirsty Taylor there. And I'd shot 65 last round to beat Laura by one, I think it was. And she stood there and she just looked at me and she said, some expletive, which I won't repeat, and just said, when was the last time you shot 65 to win a golf tournament? And I said, about half an hour ago, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and her face was a picture. She won't remember that. She'll say, that didn't happen, but it did. And it was just so funny. 
because uh, let's be honest, you don't very often and never, very rarely did I ever get the better of Laura because she was so incredibly good. Uh, but we we've had you know we've had a lot of fun, a lot of Solheim cups, a lot of fun times. And, yeah, uh, I was going to touch on on that friendship because I mean you came through. I think you won Rookie of the Year two years after her or three years after her. So you really did you know come onto the scene at the same time in English golf. Um, how much did she help you? I, I guess, and how much did you spur each other on in terms of that competitive edge? Well, I don't. I, I I'll be honest. She didn't. It wasn't a case of her spurring me on. I wasn't in the same class. Um, so we. Really, when we played on the LPGA, Laura used to win. She used to win on a very frequent basis, considering you know she could have played a lot more over there as well. She played quite a bit in Europe, and there was myself, Karen Lund, Marty Lund, Lisa Hackney, Helen Dobson, you know, and a few others that you know we were we were like the backup, and you know we were all trying to win our first tournament, if you like. Laz is winning every well, she won Phoenix four years on the trot. Um, she yeah she just win on a regular basis so we used to spend a lot of time you know trying to play as well as we could watching her play at weekends probably if we'd missed the cut because she's going to win the tournament uh, so it wasn't a case it was never a case of spurring each other on because she would like I say to me she was in a totally different class but she was the only she was the only person it's it's a weird one this she but I guess because I knew her so well she was the only person that of a top class nature that never made me feel inferior. So if I was playing with someone like Annika or Curry Webb, or I used to think, oh, Christ, don't make a, you know, Twitter yourself, don't embarrass yourself. <laughs> but I never did with Laz. I never, never, and I suppose that's just because she was a mate. And and I kind of knew that maybe, she, you know, she rated me. And, and I, you know, I just used to love playing with her because I used to w- love watching someone hit shots that no one else could hit. Um, so it was, you know, it was fun. And it was, you know, so there's a few Solheim Cups we played. We played... <laughs> It was just some brilliant times. Yeah, because you paired, paired together in quite a few of them, didn't you? Well, not a lot. Her and Ali, the first sort of four or five, her and Ali Nicholas always played together. Right. And then uh, then we played a few four... I'm not sure if we played too many foursomes. We played four balls quite a bit. And we had great fun. We had a brilliant match um, at uh, Saint-Pierre in 96. We were playing Kelly Robbins and Pat Bradley. And we it was, it was a daft one. We were playing so well that in the end we were actually trying to outdo each other to be the person that won the hole because we were were playing. I think we were seven and six, you know, and it was stupid. It was so, that doesn't happen very often. No, I've never heard that before. That's great. No, it was, it was, it was brilliant fun. You just almost trying, you you know, you don't want her to hold it because you're trying to beat her to hold it and get in there first. And, but yeah, we had some really good, yeah, good times. And, uh, and obviously, you know, the Solheim Cups we won, which was not many in mine, only one, ones I was in I think we won maybe two or three which is not great out of eight but they were by far and away the highlight of they 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 so surpass any individual win it's it's like a it's a feeling you can't replicate because you're doing it for your you know 11 mates as well and all your tour mates as well and uh it's yeah it's brilliant absolutely brilliant yeah definitely no well actually I was going to mention this obviously this year's Solheim Cups I think that's a perfect transition point I mean you'll be out in Spain I presume Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be uh, commentating. So yes. yeah, looking forward to that. I mean, how how are you looking at it? I know we're the favourites. Europe are the favourites, and I know that a lot is being built of that. I mean, I think it's it's slightly changed now. Lilia Vu is obviously at the top of the tree in terms of the world rankings, and I think the American team is perhaps stronger than it might have been considered a few months ago. But just how, how do you look at it, and how do you weigh up the two teams? Yeah, well, I heard Suzanne say that it's the strongest team we've ever had, and I think she's absolutely one hundred percent right. There's no two ways about that. I think. Her, her difficulty is going to be who she leaves out. That's and that's going to be a first without shadow out. That's but but what a position to be in uh, as a captain. That's about as good as it can get. Um, I I do yeah I do think we're overwhelming favourites, but I j- also just have this nagging little thought about the Americans as you know when they when when you really don't expect it, that's when they'll probably turn it on. Um, I do think we will win because I think the team is exceptional. Um, but I think it may be the more I think about it, I think maybe a little bit closer than we we expect. Um, but the team is just sensational. Uh, I just hope they've got they've, the golf, golf wise. The European team is by far and away the best it's ever been. Personality wise, that's what needs to gel because they're quite quiet. I think a lot a lot of the players are quite quiet and a bit introverted even. Um, and and as long as there's someone in there to, you know, keep them engaged and just fun make make it fun because it can't be too serious it's you know it's about enjoying yourself as well it's important of course it is but 
but the chances are you will play better and enjoy it if there's a, a buzz going around and there's a bit of a joker in the pack and that sort of stuff. So uh, I'm not sure who that's going to be, really, when I look at the team. I think, you know, like I say, there's a lot of very serious, unbelievable golfers. Uh, so hopefully someone, maybe Gemma Driver or someone like, you know, someone different. That's, yeah, um, I think Gemma's a great, a great addition for that exact fact. I mean, yeah. obviously her goal's been amazing. You know, she's exactly. top 50 in the world now, but that that side of it is important, like you say, and I think Gemma's going to be a great addition for that reason. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Hope, hope Mio, you know, or maybe someone else. Maybe she'll bring someone else, you know. Uh, I, I feel like uh, Leona, uh, you know, I know she's a very quiet character, but I, when did I speak to her? At the Open, I was on course, just walking the course on the Monday of the Open, and, and she was there, and I was chatting to her, and I thought, she seems to be you know, coming out of herself a lot more confident, a lot more. And, and she's such a good player. I think, you know, someone like that stands up because it's Anna's the leader, Anna Norquist, and quite rightly so. She's an amazing character when it comes to Solheim Cup. Um, but I think, you know, you, you you do need to drag someone else along with you and you need someone to be a bit vocal. And I think it might be the unexpected one, but someone like Leona, who might just bring bring her out of the show a little bit. And, uh, you know, because I think she could be a bit of fun if, she, if you, you know, just let herself do that, if you like. Definitely, yeah. We had her on here a couple of weeks ago, and she actually she had so many stories. And this, mm. this the, you know, I, I I saw sort of a different side to to her, and I thought she was great. So I think so. I think you're right, and especially from her record from Toledo. I mean, absolutely, she was the star of the show, and now she comes in with almost an added bit of confidence. Not that she probably needed it, but she'll come in thinking, okay, I'm I'm almost like the go-to player here. Yeah, and I, do you know what? If she won at Baltusrol, which really and truly probably, you know, she'll be very disappointed that she didn't. Um, that would have given her even more of that sort of uh, yeah, feeling of being a, a, the leader, if you like. Um, but I don't think it's long before she, um, you know, she'll win a major. I think that's, you know, it's not that easy when you, and it's not a case of it's just not that easy to win a golf tournament. Of course it's not. It never has been. It's never going to change. But it's not that easy to be in that position of winning a huge tournament like that when you've not done it before. You know, that it that takes an extraordinary a character to just come out and win something like that and th and that happens when someone probably you don't see them again they might just have that week and you know and yeah they win a major um and then they're gone leon is never going to be like that she's a top 10 in the world player you know so it it's she she knows how important it is. she knows and she'll know next time what 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 happened what did i do wrong or did i do anything wrong or is it just a case of being comfortable in your skin coming down the, the stretch you know so yeah, I don't doubt. Crikey, when I when I look at a player, you know, you think about her, you think about Georgia, unbelievable player, Georgia. She should, yeah, Charlie, Jesus, and then you. Celine's well, so just won. Celine won the major in the women's. It's, for me, if you, unbelievable. Yeah. There's just so many, um, and then you've got the other sort of side. You know, you've got Emily and people like that. Emily Pedersen, who's probably the most talented of the lot. She get a, you know, you sort of head out. Um, it's it's an incredible team to have for Suzanne. She's just got to get the dynamic right and I think the team will fly and I've got to ask and you mentioned there about team camaraderie and the jokers in the pack and the, having a fun team what was the funnest team you played in and who was the biggest joker on on your Solheim teams well we had well probably a combination we had Alfie on nearly all the teams it wasn't like she wasn't a joker she's just so loud I mean you'd never get any peace with Alfie and that you know that's what you need because she was unbelievably talented you know and we, you had Alfie and Lot Neumann as a pairing, who were just two complete opposites. Slotter was just an absolute diamond and brilliant and just you know, the loveliest person in the world, as Alfie was, but Alfie was loud and brought, you know, brought music and brought that team vibe. You know, there'd always be music going. And so everything was lighthearted and she'd always take the mickey and whatever. And then Laura was, you know, exceptional because she was, at the end of the day, she was the number one player in the world. So she was the team so leader. she had both, yeah. She had both, yeah. And she's, you know, she's a sharp cookie. She's always got a comment. She's she's clever. You don't go up against Laz because she's, you know, unless you're really savvy, you're going to get annihilated. And that was great. And we and we had, you know, I think in Mickey Walker, we I think she was our captain for the first four. Mickey was fabulous. She's my favourite captain because she just... She didn't worry about all the, you know, so much goes on these days and the players need looking after and uh, ask them if this is okay. And Mickey was not. Mickey just put the team out. That's the team. Go and play. And we did. Oh, it was brilliant. And it was so simple. And nobody was asking for things that they didn't ever ask for when they took go and do it yourself. You know, I don't need a, I don't need a lackey to go and do it for me. I do it myself when I'm playing every week. Now I'm asking so-and-so to go and make me a, 
you know, deconstructed oatmeal, bloody, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, no, I just, yeah, she was great. And I think that the captain's really important. And I think that's why we've done so well, because we've had great captains, you know, Beanie, dead easy, straightforward, just get it, get it done. Uh, Lotta, fabulous. And I think Suzanne will be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what, what's interesting, though, because we are going to see a different Suzanne to Suzanne the player. And, and she's come out and said plenty of times, you know, I'm going to be taking favours from all the captains that I've played under and, and there's enough of them. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Suzanne the captain, I think, in, in Spain. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting because obviously she was a bit of a, wire, uh, a live, live wire, Suzanne. Uh, <laughs> she was uh, pretty feisty and she's had some interesting incidents and whatever you want to call it in Solheim Cup. But Look, she's she's a forty year old woman with two kids now, and I I heard her talk to Josh on the Sky Sports podcast. It, it's a totally different thing. She's a, you can hear in her voice how what a different character she is, and I absolutely loved that. I listened to that and I was intrigued because it was it was really you know she's obviously gone through some really tough times with the Solheim Cups been been hard, um, but the one thing about her is she's a competitor and she would never give up I remember when she was five down against Michelle Redman with five to play uh I think it was in oh, I can't remember where it was but she she tied the match we lost the match but she tied it uh and that's the type of catch never give up never give up no matter what and that is a you know it's an unbelievable quality to have in because a lot of, lot of players I think you know more comfortable they get with life you know you're making lots of money it's easy to, if you're having a bad round or a bad week to just, well, okay, there's next week. Nah, that because the golden gods will get you. It's, you. You've got to keep fighting all the time and eventually you'll get your reward as long as you're, you know, if you don't give up. I, I, I never forget Ali Nicholas, who's a good mate of mine, and I was going through a really bad patch back in the, uh, probably the early 90s, I think. And I was getting angry and I was getting angry because I was hitting, hitting it awful and I didn't really know why I was hitting it awful. And I heard she said uh, she said a comment, and I think it was to Mickey Walker, and it wasn't said to us. It was they were talking about and why why I was so angry and what you know what. And Ali said to, to said to Mickey that uh, it's easy to beat Trish now because she just gives up. And I and Mickey told me this, and she obviously told me for a reason. So like you know, and I and I thought about it. And I thought, my God, really? That's what one of my mates thinks about me. It was like wow. Okay, I need to look at this. And well, I that was to, like a spark, right? Yeah, absolutely times. was, and, and that was it. You know, I obviously had this body language that I, I don't actually probably think in my own. I ever, I don't. I'd like to think I didn't give up, but it it changed my mindset because it was like, right, okay, that's that's not acceptable because it's embarrassing. It must look embarrassing. My mum and dad would be embarrassed, so you know, um, I've got to stop that. And it's a big, you know, that's a big, um, big thing, not giving up no matter how bad it is and you know even if you're going to miss the cut um I don't, and sometimes i play quickly if i'm going to miss the cut because i just want to get yeah that's fine but you know and i think you know realistically as you get older you, you get wiser you you learn that you're incredibly lucky to do what you've done your whole career and that just makes it makes you enjoy i mean certainly like last week the one thing i wanted to do last week was make sure I enjoyed every second of it because, you know, you get older, I'm afraid you lose friends, you lose family. Um, you realise that life is a bit more precious than playing around a golf. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that everything I did last week, I enjoyed the moment. I knew I was playing well, um, but I wanted and I did. And I really, you know, that I think that's why it was so lovely to win it because the whole experience last week was so exceptional for me. Yeah. Sorry, no, we could tell. no, no, we. <laughs> that's what you're here for. No, we could certainly tell when you won. I think it was it was incredible. It looks you could just see the emotion. I can still see it now. You're still absolutely beaming, Trish, which is great <laughs> to see. And I mean, talking of enjoyment, and you touched on that you'll be out and com commentating in Spain, and we see you on the fairways at most LET events, and especially all the big ones, of course. How do you find that? How much do you enjoy that? And how have you found the tra transition from obviously playing to to now, you know, being behind the mic? Yeah, do you know what? You'd be surprised. I don't do that much. Um, I'm, I'm not on the fairways at all, thank God, because I just can't. Uh, between feet and I back. see you in a buggy every now and again, che checking the course out. Yeah, but that's to commentate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so what I mean. Commentating, I probably do about five a year, if that. But, okay. But yeah, or I'm in the studio. I'm in the studio a fair bit, so I'll do stuff. You know, not. Um, yeah, I I love the commentating. I love 
being yeah I, I don't like the encore stuff because like I say I just can't do it it's too too much too hard hard on my back and but the I think I and I think that's been a big thing actually this year because I've done I've done a few out in Asia as well um for IMG uh for the L- LE, um, LPGA events out there and and it very much is it, it's the crew you're with as well. I love working with those guys. I love working with the Sky guys as well. It's a really good crew. You're good fun. You got to know your stuff. Um, but watching the women play, that's you know, I love it because it, they're so damn good. And you'll watch it. And I, I said, I think I said in my speech the other day, people have no idea how good the women are. They really don't. They're, they're clueless. It, you, you know, you've got 180 yards and they're hitting these hybrids in and they're knocking them into 10 feet pin height every single time, almost, it feels like. So talented. And it makes you want to, or makes me, because I'm a bit obsessive about golf, <laughs> makes me want to practice. So, like the AIG week, I actually broke my toe a couple of weeks back. Uh, I hit it on the side of a bed, walking around oh, the bed, no. and I couldn't walk. And so I, and this is two weeks before I'm playing the US Senior Open, and I'm thinking... Oh, bloody hell, this is, you know, what am I, am I going to be able to play? And so I went to hit some balls the, the, in between the studio in Scotland, uh, which was, that's right, the week before AIG. I went to hit some balls at the driving range because I thought, I've got to know if I can play. Or So I'm hitting balls and obviously I can't get off my right foot. So amazingly, I'm hitting these shots and I, and I did a few bit of video because I'm hitting it great. And I thought, why is that? What's and and it's because I'm staying down on my right side longer through the ball. Because of your toe. <laughs> yeah, it was excellent. So I get to the AIG and I'm commentating, but I'm I'm not really doing till I'm only doing Thursday to Sunday, and I'm not done. I've walked the course on the Monday, so I'm down looking at the range and stuff. And there's the sky zone down there. And of course, they've got balls down, so I'm hitting balls the whole time in the sky zone, thinking well, I'm going to be playing next week. So and I'm watching the girls hitting balls, and I'm you know you're trying things and you're doing this and that, and I think it's it just has given me like a it's not a new lease of life because I've always loved it, but I, I almost really enjoy doing the two rather than just the one. I don't think I just like to commentate and I don't think I just like to play. I just find the combo incredible because, because I love practicing so much. My only snag is because I don't play very much is taking good practice onto the golf course because everybody knows you, and you, you know, I could name you 20 players that are brilliant on the range, but that's very different to being good on the golf course. And in even last week, after after one one round, I had to cut the. Um, I played the practice round last week, and I was really struggling to walk because my little toe's killing. And I had a new pair of shoes, and I just didn't want to do it, but I knew I had to. So I cut a big chunk out of the shoe on the right hand side so that my little toe didn't have anything pressing against it, and I was fine. That was it. That was brilliant. Then I could walk, and it was great. Um, but I was getting physio every day. Uh, because it was hot as well and it was hard walking and I, I said oh god my feet are killing just this is ridiculous why are they so bad and she said well she said well when's the last time you play golf and I said well it was um well uh I didn't play last week because I broke my toe the week before was the AIG didn't play that week the week before that was Evian didn't play that week and the week before that was Scotland so I didn't play that I said well it was five weeks ago <laughs> that's the last round of golf I, and it's walking around the golf course is the you know because I, I walked after, after the first day I get back on God, my legs hurt, you know. So it's it's the combination of I love practicing. I can practice all day long, but that is not walking. Um, you know, you're staying in one place, and that's why I don't really do the on course because if I'm playing, I'm moving. You know, twisting my back is okay. If I'm on course and I've got a backpack and I'm just standing still, I, I can't walk. I, I'll be knackered by the end of the day totally. So um, to cut a long story short, I love doing the combo. I think, and it's a really healthy combo for me. Uh, and it it seems to work really well because I get the best, you know, I almost get the best of both worlds. Yeah, almost like a dream job, isn't it? I think. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. But yeah, obviously you touched there on the standard of golf and women's golf in particular. I mean, you've been there, you've seen it all. I mean, how how much has it, you know, the, the standard and the quality and just the golf and just everything in general, how much has it changed, would you say, throughout your career? I mean, I know you're still coming back to compete on OET events now. You were there in 1987 in your first year. Within that period, I mean, how much has it changed? I think the I think if I'm honest, the standard of the winners hasn't changed because the winners' standard is always ridiculously high. What has changed is the amount of players that are capable of winning. I'd say, and more than anything, is you know back in our day, maybe Laura 
trying to think someone like Kelly Robbins. So there were a couple of people, Michelle McGann hit, but Laura hit it so much further than everybody else. And there were a lot of players that were, or not, not a lot of players that hit it absolutely miles. Now everybody does. Everybody. I mean, I, you know, I'll turn up and play with two people I've never heard. I'm going to think, oh my God, no, 40 yards behind them again, you know. Um, so, but I think that is part and parcel of technology, um, you know, if, of the equipment, of the three things. Fitness, which is obviously nothing we had. We didn't even have physios on tour when we were playing to begin with. So fitness, equipment and technology. Those are the three things uh, that have changed beyond belief. And, though, you know, you've got you've got track, man. It basically tells you how to play golf. If you know what it took, if you know it's what it means and you know it how it talks to you you can literally make a golf swing fit a shot well we were guessing you know literally would hit a shot and it would draw it what, what do you reckon to that well yeah and that, there weren't even videos you know hardly so it's very different i i enjoyed i'm glad i grew up in the era i did because i don't that's I'm what not, i was going to ask my next question yeah i now if i had my mindset now i think i would love being a pro now growing up with track man and stuff because i think it, you you've got no excuses absolutely none if you've got the work ethic and you've got the mindset you're going to be you're going to be the best um but it wasn't it's not as much fun it's not you don't see as much creation that's why when you see someone that's got different shots you know that's why laura was so in incredible because she can hit such uh, she had such imagination and i think that players of yesteryear had more imagination definitely um, because the clubs today, the clubs today, kind of make that you don't need that. You know, you got the hybrids and all the most pros have only got six iron onwards down in their bag. You know, I remember Reedy, Dale Reed, she had a one iron and she could hit her one iron like an arrow and that fly and it was amazing. So, I think the ability um, in your sort of your body and your hands has been taken out of the game a little bit by the technology doesn't that doesn't you know it doesn't mean players aren't as good is it it's just that's that's what i see and that's why i am you know when i walk up and down the range on the, and watch the women i'm so intrigued if i see someone that's a little bit different and you know someone's on there hitting draws and hitting fades and hitting you know rather than just the bog standard um and you know then you it's like lynn grant you know she's a different she's she's sort of i love watching her play because it's just flipping lash it you know but she's got all the shots all the different shots um and yeah it's it's interesting uh to to see but the bottom line is has the mentality changed about winners no that never changes um i look I, if, if i'm honest i think probably when i look i look at the era i played and there were more winners back then the mentality was so much was stronger uh you know i could name you 20 players off the bat that were just brutal <laughs> to play against to frighten the life out of me because they were so intense and had such a win at all cost sort of um, attitude. And it was, yeah. And I'm not sure, I don't know, maybe because there's so much more money now than there used to be. That maybe isn't, you know, isn't the be all and end all. You can make a lot of money if you finish second, third, fourth, fifth. You couldn't back then. You had to be a winner. But but that doesn't take away. I, I absolutely love watching the women's game. I think it's an incredible standard and it's just going to keep getting better and better. And the prize funds, we have to keep working towards that. Um, so we can't lose sight of that because, you know, the open is nine million now. That only applies to a certain amount of our tour. Um, and I know everybody's working hard and just have to keep working to make it bigger and better. Sponsors have to, you know, want to up the, up the prize funds because the standard is of ridiculous quality. TV has to get better as well. Is, is no, that's what I was going to ask. How much? How much that then? Because I always think a, a big part of that comes down to more TV coverage and, and getting and showcasing the quality. Because then the sponsors will see how good it is, as we know it is, and they're going to they're going to push up the purses, aren't they? So I think TV well, is, is sort of at the TV, core there, and media coverage. TV's massive, and I'm not sure if it's the amount, but the 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 quality has to get better. There's no two ways about that, and that's down to the TV companies. You've you've got to have more cameras showing more people, you know. Uh, so, yeah, the 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 TV has to get the the quality has to get better. Everybody, listen, it's like anything in life. You, you can't you don't point to one thing. You point to the whole package, whether it be the players have to get better. Well, they're doing their bit, if I'm honest. 
So everybody else has to get better as well. You know, there was a time maybe 10 years ago that you could say, well, there's just not the amount of players, you know, there's not the quality. Well, that's not true anymore. That it just is not true. Uh, there are absolutely bundles of great players and they all need to be showcased. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned going along the range, looking at players you admire. I know you just touched on Lynn Grant there. Players that excite you. Who are the, who are those players, Entris? Who I know you said Lynn, but who are the players you really look forward to watching in women's golf? Um, I, I really look forward to watching Nellie Corder. Uh, you know, every time I watch Nellie, I think, cool, there could be a 62 out here. She's 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 so incredibly capable. It's frightening because uh, she's just every yeah. I mean, myself, myself and Sarah were in the studio for about three weeks on the trot, Sturkey, and we're, every time she comes on, we think, oh my god, this is you know, and it's just not there. Now, it, you know, it might be she's she obviously she's been injured, she's been ill, um, but she's exceptional quality, uh, ridiculously so. Rose Yang, the new new kid on the block. I mean, you come out and you win your first tournament. It's <laughs> just and and she's one that she's got personality. Uh, it would be interesting because her golf game is, you know, is not. She's not someone that you would watch and think, "Wow." Everything about her is nine out of ten. Everything, even down to comment. You know, listening to her talk to commentators or her first interview was like absolutely. We thought, "Oh my god." Rose is fantastic. That's what I'm saying. So she was a real breath of fresh air. Um, playing wise, who else? I love watching Lilia Vu, Good, top player, really, really. That's uh, a great putter as well. You think that her yeah, game is yeah. more of a more bit, bit of an explosive player and attacking pins, but yeah. Charlie, Charlie's just like well, <laughs> you just do not know what you're going to get. But uh, it's it's so entertaining, and she's entertaining. She's great. I mean, we saw that at the AIG. I've never seen anything like that in the women's game. I mean, I know you were there as well, but the way that she captivated that crowd, people of all ages, any, you know, both genders, it was like, wow, this is, and it's, it's a testament to how she plays the game, isn't it? It was absolutely incredible to watch that week. I mean, it, 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 I know we, 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 we have it from ifs and buts in golf, but if she had won that, I mean, it just would have been the, yeah. So yeah. huge for 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 ink for British golf for golf in general, you know, not just women's golf. It would have been incredible. It still was. I mean, what she what 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 that tournament did was was great. Um, but if we'd have just had that Charlie winner, you know, it was uh yeah special. Yeah, it would have been exceptional. It would have been exceptional. But um, but Vu's then... story itself is amazing. I mean, what a it is. A, you know, coming from from the Epson tour and and losing her card and now a double major winner before she's even teed up in the Solheim Cup. I mean, that's like unheard of. Yeah, very, very much so. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Good one. And just a couple more then, Trish, before we do let you go, because I know you've been <laughs> jetting around the world, winning tournaments, and you're back off the post, aren't you? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, when I've won a tournament, you can talk to me. <laughs> Got you at the best time. Yeah. Um, obviously, on the LET, our race to Costa del Sol is, is nearing its conclusion now. I mean, we've, got, we've had a lot of movement in the top 10 recently. It's, it's getting sort of crunch time. I mean, how how do you look at um, obviously our race and and who do you think's in with the best chance and go, on, go give it a quick look? Um, but who you know who who who's uh, caught your eye in the LET this season and and how do you think that's shaping up? I mean, we've obviously got Boutier's at the back at the top now. Yeah, back at the top, she's she stormed at the top after after you know those two those two wins. Um, but I mean, you look down the list. I mean, who 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 do you think in with a shot? I guess. Well, Tom, the difficulties is on points. George, yeah. I'm not quite sure. How many points do you get for a win? Is it 500? 500 for a win. Um, obviously, the, the the bigger events are weighted more. Um, but the bigger events have gone now, so they're all over. The bigger events are gone, which is why it's sort of a bit more interesting now. And we know Boutier won't play in, you know, won't play in the events. Anna Palaev, who I know you're a big admirer of, has obviously had a brilliant year. She's still at number two. Well, she has to be, at the moment, she has to be your favourite. She's only, she's less than 300 points behind. And you would think... Like you say, Boutier won't play again. Uh, unless Aditi comes back, Ashok. I actually spoke to her on the range at AIG, and I'd never met her before. Um, and she had... Who did she have Kelly for? Oh, that's, fun, that's funny. I, I saw you speaking to her, and it was as if you'd been friends for years. Well, yeah, she had Ollie, was, yeah, she had Ollie on the bag. It was such a lovely surprise, because I was talking to Ollie, and she sort of looked up. But normally, you know, if they know me, I might get a bit of... But no. And she just came over and she said, oh, I remember. She said, the first time I saw you... Uh, you were playing in Bangalore, and I said, "Oh, flipping heck, yeah!" Wow. I said, "We stayed in that, and then we had a long chat." And she was so engaged in the whole chat; it was lovely. And I really, I'd never met her before. I've never really seen her play, 
I've I've heard lots of people say what an incredible putter, but I think you know I think she's a bit more than that. To be fair, you don't you don't just become you know multiple winner with that. But I was so yeah that really you know that's the sort of thing I love that someone then just has got enough about them to chat about right she's from Bangalore and she knew all about and I I mentioned a few things we did and she said oh yeah God you did that and you did this and and the place we stayed at and she knew all about you know so it was really engaged and that was great and you know she's in third place. She's only 400 points, 420 points behind. If she comes back and plays in the last, you know, I don't know how, I don't know how much these people think that the LET order of merit matters, but I tell you what, it matters. It really does matter. If you've won the money list, whatever you want to call it, race to Costa del Sol in your career, that's a massive thing. Because that year, it means you're, regardless of anything else, you're the best player on that. Yeah, I mentioned this someone like even even Celine Boutier, who's just won a major and is obviously a superstar in the LPGA, having that on her resume towards the well, end I'd like of the to season to play get... in France. I'd like yeah. to play. Yeah, yeah she's in. She, she's down. She's down for the cost. Yeah, um, and then you know she wins the, the, the end event. So and lose there. Yeah, um, Dixia Dagger. What a year she's had. I mean, just incredible. You and you obviously left-handed. Very unusual style as well. Incredibly weak grip and upright backswing. And but I mean, I have to say, you have to really take your hat off. Clara, Clara, Spilkova, and Olivia Cowan. What a year she's had! Really good year. Um, really strong player. Cara Gaynor is another one that's had an amazing year. Really top, top. You know. Well, I was going to say, you look at that list. The amount of English yeah. players now in the top twenty. Yeah. Well, you you've got that list of Cara Gaynor, Charlie. Okay, Gabs Cowley. So I didn't see that. What what was the length of the putt that she had to win? Five six feet. Oh okay. Because I've heard everything from two feet to you know four five. I mean it's a big difference between a four five footer and a two footer. But it's four five feet, was it? I was so gutted for. Her. I would have loved to have seen Gabs win that. She's but it's coming. That wins coming. I know. I know. You know. Um, and then and then and I have to say, there's two more here. Lily May Humphreys, brilliant. What a great year she's had. And Carmen Alonso. Oh, hats off to Carmen. Just, she's been out there donkey's years and she's always been a cracking player and then she gets her first win after, what, nearly 20 years? 19 years on tour. 19 years. I was so chuffed <laughs> to see that. Oh, it was uh, incredible. We were in Finland. amazing. Yeah. 251st start it was for her. <laughs> it's brilliant. Absolutely. What a great story. You know, that just gives hope, doesn't it, to everybody that's ever, ever played the game professionally that, you know, if someone can do that. I mean, she was, she's always been top class, really. You always hit it miles. You've always thought, how's she not won? But then to to have the the guts and the endeavour and the the just the determination to keep going, uh, you you know that's just you just have to say that's what golf is all about. That's what makes it so amazing. Yeah, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. There we go. See, you've summed it up perfectly for us. There, if you're not <laughs> <laughs> tune into the LET. Listen to Trish. It was uh, yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's anyone's game. I think it's uh, it's actually come, getting getting pretty interesting so um yeah we'll, we'll see how it plays out right trish to finish i have uh put together one of my tricky quizzes for you which uh, uh, where we like to test our our past and present players on their own let careers oh god so i thought you would be really good at this but now you now you're getting me a bit worried because i've made it quite tricky but <laughs> go on we shall see right i've got six questions here so let's let's see how you do Starting from uh, from, but you're on already one at the minute. You just won on the weekend, so you can you can win this quiz. <laughs> <laughs> right, first question then. So this, I think, start easy will 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 get a bit trickier. So you obviously won LET Rookie of the Year in 1987. Who was the LET Player of the Year that year? Some <laughs> wicked question. That. <laughs> I oh, thought who... that would have been an easy one for you. What, who won the money list? Well, it wasn't me. Yeah. Uh, who won the money list? Nineteen eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Um. It was one of the big, the big, the big names. Oh, go for Reedy Dale. Yes. There we go. <laughs> Get in there, you beauty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This one, this one, I was like, wow. I I did some research into your wins, and I was like, this is an insane stat. No, this is impressive. So, you won nineteen times on the LET. How many of those were in playoffs? Oh, that should be easy. Right. I lost my first one the first year. Then I'm in France in a playoff. And I think I beat Mary Law. Did I beat Mary Law in the playoff? I will go for 
Oh, Jesus. <laughs> two. Yeah, I've got two here. France, as you said. And you won your first ever win was a playoff. So yeah. I've got the 87. Oh, we had Karen Lan in the Wirral Classic. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. So I lost to Mary. That's right. So I lost to Mary Law and I lost to. But you won. Uh, Jane you Corrigan. won your first one. Your one win in 19. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, no, I've got you one win. One win in the playoff and the losses in France. Sorry. So, yeah. Which is so just one win in 19. That I thought 19, oh, there's going to be. Because I was going to make the question, who have you beaten in the playoff? And then I was like, hang on, you've only got, got one win in the playoff. <laughs> I can do that. I knew yeah. That. <laughs> But that's like, wow, to, to 19 wins, only one in the playoff. And some dominant wins in there. I mean, you won by six, seven, eight, nine shots. Okay, that's two. Well, I'll give the at two from two, Trish. So, good start. This, I mean, these are, yeah, these are, these are tough, but they're more just to, to showcase your great career. If you get them wrong, we can still go about you. So, in total, you made 62 cuts on the LET. If you add them all up, consecutive cuts, sorry. So, I was going to say, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> That's not too swift, is it? Yes. So, in, in total, you made 62 consecutive cuts. But can you tell me what was your best run within that? So your best cut run? I wouldn't even know about cuts. Really? Absolutely. It's not even so, on your mind? Hang on. So, so, you just said I made 62 consecutive. Well, that's my best run then. Well, no, like added up. So, you made five consecutive here, 10 consecutive here, 62 consecutive, added up. If that makes any sense to you, no, so you I might don't. have had, so you might have had a run where you made nine consecutive, and yeah, then you, and then you might have missed one, and then like a year later you might have had a run of ten consecutive cuts, and then four years later you had a run of like thirteen consecutive cuts. Add them all up, you had sixty-two consecutive cuts. Okay, I don't, but what I don't know what the answer. Is. Sixty. I don't know. So you're answer. you're you had you made twenty-nine consecutive cuts. Uh, oh, is your best run, Every and that was yeah, that was. In oh, yeah. August, August 2012 to June 2014. So fairly recently, 29 consecutive cuts, 29 in a row. Oh, I could not have answered that in a yeah. That was a real tough one, but I thought it was a good stat. So. Okay, that's <laughs> a lot of these are good stats. Where do you find these stats then? I can't. This I is on, see, that it is a weird one actually. Now you say it, I'm like, well, it's not 62, is it? But it was in our big LET stats. I'm going to send it to you afterwards, Trish. You'll have a field day with it. Because you're second, you made second most, I think. Added up consecutive, and your best run was yeah twenty nine in a row. Twenty nine, okay. So keep put that in the locker. This oh, this one, <laughs> I'm not sure uh, you'll get. It's actually really tough, but it's a it's a good one again. So in the in the list of the players with the most top ten finishes in the LET, right, you're second. So you had 111 top ten finishes in LET history, but which tournament did you have the most top ten finishes in? Oh, it's got to be France. No, France was nine, as was the Women's Open, of course. You had nine, which is a technically an LET event. But there was one event where you had one tournament, which isn't a tournament anymore, and you made 10 top 10 finishes in it. Can you tell me which tournament? Well, we haven't had an English Open that many times, so it's not that. We haven't had a Welsh either. It's a very times. rogue tournament, I would say, and it's not a tournament. It's a what? Rogue. <laughs> Rogue, yeah, like you know, it's a rat. Uh, well, random sort of event, is it? No, I think so. Well, maybe the young um, <laughs> youngster in me is saying that. Germany? No, I think Germany was eight. You had when it was the uh, back when it was called the European Masters, wasn't it? You had European eight. In, yeah, go on. You're gonna have to tell me this one. The ladies Slovak Open you had ten top ten finishes. Good God, I didn't even know we had that. <laughs> So I was right to call it a rogue tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what brilliant. Oh, my God, that was such a good event. Absolutely. Good events aren't just um, aren't just about the golf course, because the golf course was actually ridiculous because it was a ski resort in the winter. So you can imagine how hilly it was. But you got a great sponsor. you got and so they really look after you. They do all these different things. And you've got an amazing. Well, it was a very basic hotel, but the hotel was right there on site. Uh, and this great food, just a great atmosphere, and that that was such. A, I reckon if you asked anybody, like the Slovakian Open, what was that like? Um, they'd say, yeah, it was just top notch, top notch. Yeah, it was brilliant, good fun. Oh, I wouldn't have got that. Sorry, no. no that's a good okay. one. What is? What would you say is like the like down the years? Like what was like the best event always? Best playing? event. Well, the one I always loved playing, but unfortunately, we always played on 
pretty basic golf courses because it was it was sponsored a lot by uh, Board Folsha, which was the, the Irish Tourist Board. So they always wanted us to go to a brand new golf course. So we kept going to brand new golf courses, which invariably, let's be honest, weren't in the best nick. Um, but the Irish Opens were just amazing because the, because the people, the people just, they used to come out in their droves. There'd be millions of people out watching and they're just, you know, they just love, love it. And they're just, and everyone they have, says the Irish. Yeah. Oh, just, it's yeah. Probably the most popular answer. And even this week, everyone, I'm not there, which sucks. It's one of the few events I'm not doing. And so oh, it's the best event of the year, the Irish. Yeah. Best Brilliant. crowds, be proper golf fans as well, you know, appreciative yeah. of what they're watching. And Yeah, yeah I mean, it, if, honestly, British golf fans are the best because they come out in the, you know, you just always have. Well, well, look at, if you put the tournament in the right part of the country, like the AIG at Walton Heath, flipping out. Yeah, I was a bit sceptical because I was thinking, oh, the Open, you know put it at a Lynx course, but it was actually yep. phenomenal the way they, they did it. And it and it was more Lynxy than I than I Yeah, it was a better anyway. golf course than you thought probably. Yeah. Maybe. And then and then like you say, because logistically it made sense, it was oh. it, it just heightened the event, didn't it? It was, it was amazing. It was, I've never seen so many people out there. It was just wonderful. It really was. And it look if you're playing golf in front of no fans, you just you know, you're just playing golf. But if you've got that that changes the atmosphere so dramatically that it actually makes a huge difference to, and and it can make a good or bad difference, you know. And and it's interesting when you think, you know, you go back to sort of COVID years when who won tournaments when COVID was on, uh, are they still winning? Did they win because there weren't any fans, because there wasn't that noise, you know, and that atmosphere that can make or break you depending on your character, you know. It's uh, it's an interesting when you look at Charlie, she looked totally enthused by having all those people, you know, that that spurred her on without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I can't remember who won tournaments during COVID, but, you know, it, it, it would be interesting to go back and look and see if they're still the same people that are winning tournaments with, you know, there's people about. So, Well, even Lilia, you know, said how it was the best crowd she played. In she did, yeah. Which was great. <laughs> Says yeah, it all, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right, two more, Trish, and we'll let you go. Right, this is like a two-parter, but you should get the first one. So you've made one albatross in your L.E.T. career. Can you tell me when it was? <laughs> I would be. I would still have the golf ball. In, I would have it framed. I know. Do you know what? A career like I, yours, this probably means nothing. But I'd make an albatross. Surely you don't forget it. I know you wouldn't think so. My dad used to get so annoyed with me because if I won won a tournament or had a hole in one, I'd just chuck the ball. And I used to do it on purpose because I knew it annoyed him, which was terrible, really. Sorry, Dad. Um, and I'd chuck the ball away because it just meant nothing. And uh, an albatross, right? So I have not had a hole in one on a par four. Have I? No. <laughs> no, good. So I've I have it two, as a two on a five. Two on uh, a par five. Bloody hell. I've had a two on a par five. That must have been a first. Well, obviously. Um, I had to really go into the the, the records for this one. Go, give, give us a year. Let's my notes up. Uh, 2008. Let me double check that. I've got it right here, actually. It was 2008, yeah. Uh, Round three. And it was the eighth hole. What was the tournament? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, our, our records are, are good. That's incredible. How have you got that? Uh, Germany. No, I'll give you a, a clue. Think uh, Suzanne Peterson. Oh. oh. Well, we have one event in Norway. But I... Oh, did I? Really? Yeah. So is it the SAS Ladies Masters? Yeah. As an eight. Wow. One albatross on the par five. There, there it is. Goodness yeah. gracious. I would not have got that. Mm. There we go I, then. I don't know about myself, aren't I? I'll send you these uh these stats, Trish. Okay. <laughs> you need to, you need them. Yeah, I do. I need <laughs> we'll to do it. We'll second <laughs> next time I see you, I'm gonna quiz you again. <laughs> second round two. Yeah. And final one there, this is a, a bit of a fun one. Well, they're all fun ones, but can you Give me a rough guess, because I don't think you'll know the number. Well, if you did know the number, it would be absolutely incredible. But the amount of birdies you've made on the L.E.T. <laughs> How long have I been playing? 30 years. Uh, do you know what? I could be out by... I wouldn't... Uh, hang on. This, well, uh, I'll, I'm just going to go on a, on a sort of average. So 30, uh, let's say I play 20 tournaments a year, three 
12, 12 a week, uh, 12 a week, 120, 240 times 30, 240, so 2,400, 200, hang on, 200, what did I say? 240 times 30, yeah, so 240 times 10 is 2,000, about 6,000. I've got here 2,899. It was a worry if you overshot yourself, wasn't it? But maybe our records are not as extensive as, as they make out. That's what I've got you here. How many? 2,899. That doesn't sound many at all. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to flag it. <laughs> no, no. I probably got my maths wrong there very much. Only by three, uh, only by 3,000. I was over-upping over, over myself there. This is what you, if you click on your uh, profile on the uh, official AT website, that's what I've got you as Trish. But we can. Uh, I didn't even know you had these stats. Oh, so yeah. What yeah. do you do? You can, you can put your name in. Yeah. And then you... This is on, yes, if you go on to LET hey, and go on to players. On... <laughs> players. This one's just dead. <laughs> no, still alive. Come on. Yeah, there you are. Uh, 411 tournaments played, 19 wins, 119 top 10 finishes. Lowest Seconds rank. is annoying. That's annoying. That's a really annoying stat. Yeah. It's like what ifs, isn't it? That bugs you. That really does. Career career highlights, is it? There it is. To- you- career rankings, total number of birdies. And I, f- I believe, I know you've got the most pars in LET history, which I don't know if you want to hear that or not, but uh, really. and that was, how many was that? Yeah, we could go, we could look at these for ages, but... <laughs> Uh, most pars, total number of pars. Trish Johnson, 9,796 pars. <laughs> and, and like I say, just shy of 3,000 birdies, according to our records. So, Well, that is fascinating. I don't know where you... I, I haven't found that on the app. It's not on the app, that is it? Okay. No, anyway. it's not on the website, so... My God. Well, that's very interesting. Yeah. Thanks, George. No problem at all. <laughs> I say I'll send it to you. Um. But no, good stuff. And we'll wrap it up, Trish, because we've got, we were speaking for way over an hour. And uh, yeah, that thank you. Been been really good. No, thanks for coming on. Again, huge congratulations for winning winning in Portland, winning the USGA Women's Senior Open, of course. I can tell you're still beaming about it. So <laughs> um, even though you're off, like, what, flying off to Boston on Monday, do enjoy the celebrations because uh, yeah, you've earned it. And it was a, it was a brilliant win. So thanks very Trish, much, George. Thanks for joining us. I'll see, I'll see you at Solheim, I guess. Look forward to it. Take Love care. It. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The LET Golf Podcast, the official podcast of the Ladies European Tour.